Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Some powerful stuff there in that last segment. Mayor of Humboldt, Saskatchewan, Rob Mensch, joining me on Oilers Now. It is Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today. The Oilers getting ready to head down to Calgary, taking on the Flames, the Western Conference champion, Calgary Flames. Does that sting? Depends who you ask, I suppose. The way I look at it is this, is I have genuinely not, since I've been alive on this earth, seen a Canadian Stanley Cup champion I'm at the point where I don't care who it is. If it's the Leafs, it's the Leafs. If it's the Flames, it's the Flames. But let's bring a Stanley Cup back to Canada for crying out loud, please. I don't want to go my entire life not seeing a Canadian Stanley Cup champion. Some guests on Oilers now do receive gift cards to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue and tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. I know that uh, Bob always likes to rib Elliot about uh, about the Roos Chris gift cards. That's not my crutch. So we're going to start off as we bring aboard Elliot Friedman on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by asking you, Elliot, as I have Jeff Merrick, as I have Brian Burke, how far away are the Oilers sitting right Right now, from where you expected them to be back in September, October? Oh, pretty far. Um, I, I, I would say pretty far. I don't think anybody expected this. We thought that they'd be battling for the playoffs, if not in the playoffs. And uh, the season's been disappointing, I think, not only for the organization and the fans. Um, I think even those of us who might have predicted it to be better, um, although I'm certain, certainly we don't feel it as much as the organization and the fans do. Um, do you think, Elliot, it's a different story if they still have Drake Kajula, if they still have uh, Ryan Strom, some of the guys that, I mean, Bob makes a lot about the fact that Shirelli traded away some of the forward depth. Do you think that would have been the difference between them sneaking into the wild card spot and where they are right now? No, I don't. Um, you know, I think that the, whatever you feel about those moves, I, I think that where they were going, it started long before those decisions were made. Now, you know, I was surprised they traded Kujula. I thought he was a competitive guy, and, you know, you need guys like that. Um, but the, this, the downturn was happening long before he was dealt. 
Um, you know, this is a problem of uh, speed. This is a problem of ability to move the puck up the ice. This is a problem of goaltending. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, Drake Kajula and Ryan Strome, as, especially as well as Strome has played in New York City and the role he's found there, I don't think that that has anything to do with why things fell apart. Well, they're certainly getting a good look at some pieces next year, perhaps, to slot into the fourth line. As I don't need to tell you, Elliot, the cap is not their friend next year any more than it was this year. Uh, part of that this year was having two goaltenders paid a lot of money. Now we've seen that they've chosen Koskinen. And uh, I don't know how much of the Oilers games you actually get to catch through and through, but he's he's looked exhausted lately. And I'm wondering, uh, in your opinion, is he just struggling adjusting to the NHL starters workload? Because it seems like he's kind of gotten a crash course in that department. Um, boy, boy, that is a, that is a really complex one. Um, I don't think it's simple to say that he's tired. Um, I don't think that that is the right answer necessarily i mean it might be he could be tired i haven't checked his games played workloads from previous seasons but uh maybe he is higher this year i don't know look i think he's struggled to get back used to the nhl uh i know that he's been in north america before but goalies who come from there to here will tell you that the way the game is played in terms of the amount of shots the amount of traffic, it's very different. Um, you know, I also wonder if, but I also wonder if the pressure of the contract has played a role too. Um, you know, that move has been widely criticized and not unfairly, and I'm sure he's aware of everything that's been said, and that can help. And, you know, obviously some of the other struggles too are simply he hasn't played very well. I know that his glove hand has been picked apart out there. I mean, whatever the case is, I don't think it's just exhaustion. I think it's everything. And I'm sure that this is a guy who knows that, you know, look, when you hear what Connor McDavid said this week and you know there's changes coming, the goaltender always feels more pressure than anyone else. More than anyone on a hockey team, even Connor McDavid, the goaltender determines, or the goaltending determines what is going to happen to you. And I'm sure that Koskinen is looking around at all this and saying, you know, I have to be a lot better than I was because the impact that I am expected to have is going to be a lot greater than it was this season. Elliot Friedman joining me on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. It is Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today on Oilers Now. Just to put a bow on this, Elliot, um, the Oilers don't necessarily have the track record in terms of going out there and finding the best available backup and trying to convert them into a starter. So was this maybe a desperation yep. move given the fact that they haven't been able to find uh, another avenue to get themselves a solid starting goaltender for a chunk of time, not just one year here or there? Yeah, I think you're you're definitely trying that. I mean, there's there's no question that. I mean, you look at what happened to Vancouver this year. You look at what happened to Philadelphia this year. You know, these were you're looking at what happened to those two teams, and you're saying, "Geez, we we don't want that to be us. We don't want to be using nine goalies like the Flyers did. We don't want to be putting a kid like Di Pietro in a critical game like Vancouver had to." You're constantly and now. You know, we've got a 30-second team coming in a couple of years. It's hard to find 
64 NHL quality goalies, never mind two or three in your system in case anything goes wrong. So you're constantly trying to do that. You're, um, you know, the thing about Stolars that's really interesting is I know when they got him, there were a couple other teams looking at him. And there were a couple other teams who said, you know, we think this guy is raw, but we think he's got ability. And I think the plan on the Oilers' part was to, I'm pretty sure I saw it said somewhere, was to play him enough so he wouldn't be an unrestricted free agent. I'm wondering if, you know, with what they know, do they go to him and say, we want you back, you know, what are you thinking of here? Um, Because obviously in Edmonton you don't have a lot of obvious backups and even not a guaranteed number one. If this guy wants to play, there's probably few situations that are as good as this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And that's not the first time that I've heard that this is – you know, an avenue for him to get a lot more ice than he has. Uh, Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown were talking on the post-game show yesterday, Elliot, that they might need a guy who can play 35 games next year if Koskinen can't uh, can't body the starters' workload. Is that fair to say they need somebody to take on that well, many games? If they can, if if Koskinen can't take on the workload or be the number one guy, they might need a lot more than that. So yes, I'm sure they're going to be looking for it. I I have no doubt that that's the case but you know goalie is a tough position right now and the other thing too is we've seen a situation where goalies in this league Casey DeSmith just did it in Pittsburgh Alex Stollers just did it in Minnesota where you you have you know that you have to make guys available for the expansion drafts so teams have locked these guys up for three years so they know that they won't get caught that those guys are going to be their expansion draft goaltender made available so we, we just talked about how hard it is to find depth. Now you also know you're going to be in a situation where you know, teams are going to be holding on to guys knowing that they have to make someone uh, available to the Seattle, whatever they're going to be. It's going to make it that much harder to find goalies, which means drafting and developing is going to be critical. Elliot Friedman on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline right now. He's from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Uh, let's talk about the 50-goal, potentially the 50-goal man in Leon Dreisaitl. I was looking this up earlier, and I was surprised to see that only Alexander Ovechkin since 2011-2012 has reached the 50-goal mark. If Leon Dreisaitl making $8.5 million hits 50 goals, that contract is starting to look pretty good for something that was scrutinized heavily at the beginning of the year, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you probably have mixed emotions about it. It's a great thing for Dreisaitl, no question. I mean, 50 goals in this league now is, is dynamite. Uh, I'm sure there will be people who look at it and say, boy, you know, you wish it came as part as a, as a, as a, be- as a better year, um, a year where, you know, that 50 goals was going somewhere or contributed to a playoff run. Um, I still think long-term there's going to be a lot of talk about how those guys are going to have to play separately at times and be successful separately at times. But there's no question that if he does do it tomorrow night, and I'm actually really curious to see how hard Calgary's going to play him. Like, you know, if this had happened 30 years ago, even though the game technically didn't mean anything, the Flames would be throwing, like, Joel Otto at him to to, to lock him down so he couldn't do anything. (laughs) And so I'm really curious to hear, see how this is going to be tomorrow night. It's a great accomplishment. There's no question about it. I'm sure, though, that everyone's going to be looking around and saying, 
boy, I, I just I just hope that I just wish that accomplishment wasn't ending one way or the other tomorrow night. Can I ask you kind of an oddball question here, Elliot? And that is, I'm when, when you're when I'm when you're on with Stoffer, <laughs> you're used to oddball questions. Perfect. So, okay. Yeah. So you know, I'm a BC kid. Uh, two players that were inseparable through my time of growing up and following the NHL were the Sedins, and and you followed yeah. the league obviously a lot longer than I have. Was there this much talk about them needing to play a part when they were sort of forging their way and particularly peaking sort of in the late uh, late 2000s, early 2010s? No, but also one was the center and one was a winger, right? Fair enough. Um, you know, I mean, and, and, and also that Vancouver, I, I think that is a unique case. Like, yeah. that is that is a really unique case. Now, I know at times it did come up, um, but it's, it's, it's that, I don't think the two situations are comparable. All right. Uh, one interesting situation, and, and somewhat of a Cinderella story is the Carolina Hurricanes making the playoffs, Elliot, for the first time in a decade. Is it Rod Brendamore who we should tip our cap to most, or who who do you think um, deserves the credit in terms of this team getting over the hump and getting into the playoffs this year? Well, first and foremost, I think the credit is due to the players because the players have to do it, right? And uh, and they did. Um, you know, they especially the goalies. You know, Morazic and McElhenney, they weren't, neither one was supposed to be the starter when McElhenney was claimed off waivers, you know, he said this week he didn't know if he was going to be a full-time hurricane until January 1st. Like, he didn't bring his family down there until the new year because it wasn't until then he, would, he knew he was going to be with the team the whole year until they decided to move out Scott Darley. So, you know, I, I look at, you know, I, I look at Carolina first and foremost, the players, I mean, obviously the coaching staff, Bridgemore, those guys love him right now. He's probably the biggest players coach in the league at this time. Everybody in the organization shares it. Um, and not only the executives who are there now, but even the guys like uh, Ron Francis and the staff that were let go, the guys who aren't there anymore, uh, guys like Rick Olchick who was let go, uh, guys like Marshall Johnston who was a scout who retired. Like those guys, you know, that's, I always say to people, when you get fired from a job, you better pray that that team does well because that's your resume. You're you're leaving behind your resume. And, you know, Ron Francis is a guy who I think that, well, Ottawa's asked him if he's interested, and he said no. And I'm pretty sure you guys have asked him if he's interested, and I don't think he's going to be interested in your job either. I don't think that's what he wants to do. But it hasn't exactly hurt his reputation, what Carolina's done. So, I think between the, the players and the current organization and the guys who've left, I think there's a lot of people there who can pat themselves on the back today. Elliot Friedman on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline right now. Uh, Elliot, I see a lot of headlines about turmoil in Toronto. It seems like they're, they're struggling at the wrong time. Can you sort of put in perspective what you think is going on with that team right now as the playoffs are pounding on the door and so is a tough series against Boston? I think that this has been a really hard year there. Um, you know, their expectations are higher than they've ever been. But uh, but also, you know, I think the contract stuff between Nylander and Matthews and Marner, um, you know, it's led to a lot of speculation, um, a lot of it, most of it public. Um, I think it hasn't been easy. Uh, I, I think the relationship between Babcock and Dubas uh, they're still learning to, I mean, they're, they're, 
they're not on the same page about some things, though I think after it got debated publicly, I think they've both talked about how to make it so that that doesn't uh, spill over into public, so they're still working on it. I mean, today we had a situation where they called up Hutchinson and they've made him the backup for the start of the playoffs as Sparks has really struggled. I just think for a team that's, you know, a 100-point team that's near the top of the league, it hasn't been easy. Um, You know, you you look at places in Canada where teams have struggled. You know, it's been a very hard year for you and your fans in Edmonton. It's been a very hard year for the Senators and their fans in Ottawa. Now, I don't think Toronto has had that, but for a team that's been in the regular season much more successful than those two, I think it's been a tough year. Um, Just a lot of stuff in the public, a, a a lot of stuff they've had to deal with. So I don't know if turmoil is the right word here, but I do think that it's been a bigger challenge and the, and the challenges have been much more public than anybody would have liked. Do you think, Elliot, it would be less stressful or less of the spotlight on right now or perhaps even less pressure going into the playoffs if it wasn't Boston who's knocked them off a couple of times now? Yeah, I think the Boston thing certainly has agitated up the uh, anxiety over the past couple of weeks. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so my answer would be yes. I, you know, the other thing, too, is this whole league has been kind of weird this year. Um, you know, normally on January 1st, teams that aren't playing very well, they kind of just tank their seasons. It hasn't been like that this year. There's been a lot of good teams you know, Winnipeg is not entering the playoffs really well. Nashville has not entered the playoffs really well, although they, if they win in any way over Chicago tomorrow night, they'll win the Central. Like, San Jose is sort of lurched towards the end a bit. There have been some teams that have been good. You know, Pittsburgh's had a strange year that haven't finished well. And as a matter of fact, at the GM meetings in early March, the league showed us a stat that, since January 1st, the teams that were out of the playoffs had a great record, and they said it was very unusual. So this has been kind of a strange year. A couple more for you, Elliot, as we're joined by NHL Hockey on Rogers' Elliot Friedman on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Um, the NHL decides to invest in the North American Women's Hockey League after the Canadian one folds up uh, $100,000. What did you make of that situation? Obviously, it's a good thing that the league is trying to back and support women's hockey. Do you have any thoughts on that, or did you think it would be more money? What's uh, what's going through your mind on that front? You know, I, I think that what's happened is um, the league has been pretty honest about the fact they did not want to be perceived as supporting one league over the other. And, you know, as a matter of fact, the league didn't announce that this week. That was the NWHL that announced that they were going from 100, going up to a bigger number. And then I heard it was clarified it was 50 before to both leagues, and they gave the 50 from the Canadian Women's League to the NWHL. And, you know, I had a player from the Canadian Women's League call, uh, text me and say, are, are you serious? Like, now they're backing them? And I had to explain what happened, and after that, she was better with it. And I think it shows you, like, you know, we don't cover this. We haven't covered these leagues a lot, and I don't know if we completely are familiar with all of the politics and sometimes between them. And, you know, I just think that the league is aware of that, and they're stepping back and saying, 
we're not going to help out until we can start our own league. And they're not going to start their own league until both of these leagues uh, aren't there anymore. And now one is down and the other, Danny Rillen, the commissioner, she wants to try. And I don't think anybody can blame her for wanting to try. I just think the biggest question is going to be, you know, there are a number of top players that are at the World Championships right now. There's been a rumor for some time that they may boycott their services from both leagues. So the NHL has to come in eventually. I'm just wondering if we're going to get to that point or not. All right, and last one for you here, Elliot. I know we're jumping around a lot, but tomorrow night marks the end of the legendary Bob Cole is broadcasting career. He calls the game between Toronto and Montreal, and it just seems poetic. Give me a thought on on what he's meant, not only to broadcasting, but to hockey itself. Well, I mean, we're all going to miss him. There's no question about that. You know, we all... I, I was talking to Greg Millen today, and Greg is uh, on his way to Montreal, um, because he's working that broadcast with him tomorrow, and he was like, was just, we were just talking about all the great times we had traveling with them because there were playoff series I did uh, with Bob and Greg where I was the ringside reporter. And, um, you know, it was, it was, they were incredible times. Like, you know, I think for fans, like everybody's got a call they remember. I remember the one with the Flyers in 1976 when, they were so rough, and, and the Russians left, and they, and Bob was like, they're going home. They're going home. Like, <laughs> that's the one I remember. And I think for fans, like we, we all have our calls, the way he controlled the game, the way you could tell the excitement of the game by the way he his voice was going. And I loved all that, too. I just remember the craziness of the trips together. Like, I've been talking this week about how – you know, he used to go crazy about my driving. Like, I'm a really aggressive driver. I used to really tailgate. I don't as much anymore now that I have a kid. But Bob would go bananas about my tailgate. He'd go like, Elliot, I love how fast you drive. I don't mind that you're aggressive, but look, you're right on this guy. He punched me while I was driving. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, I'm going to miss all that. Like, we used to just laugh at that stuff and just the crazy Bob Cole stories about how he always had to sit in the front seat, and we respected that, and uh, he liked one kind of drink, and everybody made sure he had it. And, uh, you know, it was just the way it always worked with Bob, you know, we uh, we loved it. It was that. That's what we'll miss is the camaraderie. Truly one of a kind. Elliot, thank you so much. Great stuff as always. It's always a treat talking to you. All right, have a great weekend. Tell Stoffer once again, the show's better today. Absolutely will do. Thanks, Elliot. That is Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman. We uh, we once again run long. My time management skills, not quite that of Bob Stoffer yet. Uh, it is Brendan Escott filling. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we'll get to the big man himself coming up on the other side of the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We'll have NHL today as well. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.